Well, good morning. A good. Okay, I just came back from vacation. Good evening. <laughs> so before we do anything else, I just wanted to let you know about an opportunity that we have to serve. And as many of you know, we've been going out into the Pahoa area, and we've been bringing hot meals to those that have been evacuated. And we've been actually serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Thursdays. Well, we just got a call from the Red Cross, and they're asking if we can come out this Friday and if we can bring lunch. And of course, our heart is to serve the people so, we're here to ask you, if you're available to help us this Friday at 9.30 in the morning, please stop by the Information Center and fill out one of these and write across the top, I'm available for Friday, okay? And if you just want to sign up to help any other time, fill out one of these and leave it with us. Kat will get a hold of you, and we'll make sure that you get an opportunity to be a blessing to the people in Pune, because that's what God asked us to be, right? A city set on a hill that would be a blessing. So... Um, if you can, go ahead and fill these out, okay? Well, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings so if the ushers can get ready. Like I said, we just came back from vacation. And actually what it was was we went to Kauai to celebrate my cousin's wedding. Now, isn't it true that when we um, celebrate things, there are two things that we do. One, we gather with those that we love. And the second is we come bearing gifts. And generally, the gifts that we bear aren't something you just grabbed off a shelf. It's something we prepared to give. It's something we put our thought and our hearts into. Whether it's a wedding or a birthday or a graduation or some other celebration, we prepare our hearts, we prepare our giving, and then we get to celebrate with family. Well, that's what we get to do each week in church. We gather as a family and we celebrate the presence of the Lord. And we come and we bring our gifts and we present it to the Lord. And Paul wrote about that. He wrote in a letter to the Corinthians. He said, you know, when you give, give what you've prepared to give, what you set your mind on. Don't give out of force, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we get to celebrate God by bringing our tithes and our offerings each week. So let's do that. As a church, let's celebrate the presence of the Lord, and let's give. Would you bow your heads, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us to give back to you. We want to celebrate your presence. We want to celebrate being a part of your family and a part of the Ohana. And so, Lord God, we determine in our hearts to bring our tithes and our offerings. We give it to you and we ask you, Lord God, to bless it and to multiply it so that it would be a blessing to others and that we indeed would be a city on a hill. We pray this all in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Okay, let's welcome up Pastor Lynn. We're actually going to continue our series, Summer Celebration, and she's going to talk to us. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Oh, good, I did get it on. I'm never sure which way to push that little button. <laughs> well, good evening, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> Last week, we got to celebrate God's goodness, and tonight, we're going to celebrate life. And when I saw that on the little synopsis that that's what I got to speak in, I got kind of excited because one, it's a big topic, but two is I just wanted to find out from the Lord, what is it that makes life worth celebrating? What is it that you value that makes you happy? What is it that makes life 
worth celebrating. So we're going to explore that tonight. And again, I have lots of scripture for you, but I want you to know that as I prepared um, and went through these scriptures, I got as excited about them as when I first read them when I came to know the Lord 50 years ago. So let's open our hearts tonight and let's explore what, what kind of life is truly worth celebrating. You know, sometimes the world's definition <clears throat> or our American concept of what makes life good is often, often produces kind of a counterfeit happiness. Are you tracking with me there? And it's something that, kind of a mistaken ideal that the enemy can use in our lives, so we have to be aware of that. But some of, the, of what we think makes life good does bring us happiness, but maybe not true contentment. And most of what we strive to achieve is just for the here and now, and is not really eternal. It isn't gonna last. So let's explore tonight the kind of life that is truly worth celebrating. Are you with me? Let's do that. Let's trust the Holy Spirit tonight to help us to more fully understand what Jesus said in John 10, 10. He said this, the thief does not come except to steal. And who is the thief? Satan, the enemy. To kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. That's what we're gonna explore tonight. What is that abundant life that he has for us? But before we delve into that, I just felt from the Holy Spirit as I was preparing that we needed to sort of have a scriptural framework. We needed to sort of preface all that we were gonna talk about tonight with these two scriptures. So I want you to listen to these. Everybody listen. Rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will dwell in your hearts and in your minds through Christ Jesus on down a little ways. I know how to live, Paul said, on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. We're going to talk about what makes life happy, what makes life fulfilling, what we celebrate in life. And Paul says this, I know how to live on almost nothing, or I also know how to live with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with little, for I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? So that's our framework tonight. I wanted us to sort of preface everything. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We're going to celebrate life tonight. So first of all, I thought we should look a little bit about uh, at what the, the world says brings us good life. So I wanted to show you a few little commercials. So take a look at the first one. You know what? I have lived in four cities that had major, had NFL teams, Detroit, Chicago, Denver, and Seattle. 
and I have never seen more rabid fans than here in Hilo <laughs> when it comes to sports. So we had to put that sports one in there. So I don't know if all of you can see this. Can you? So I just thought, this is what we think makes life worth celebrating. The first one, it's like our appearance or beauty, yeah? We spend a lot of money in this country on makeup and hair products and all of those things to make us look good because we think we have to look a certain way to be worth something. <clears throat> How about this one? Family and friends. That makes life worth celebrating. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Well, sometimes my kids might say, maybe not so much family. <laughs> How about this one? Food. That makes life worth celebrating. You know, have you ever noticed that there's a lot of mention of food in the scripture? You know, what was it that was tempting to Adam and Eve in the very beginning? Food. The Lord made us to love food. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Health. We all want to feel good, don't we? We do, and we spend a lot of money and a lot of our time on being fit. We do. Okay, how about this one? Money. Does that make life worth celebrating? That's what we, we believe here in America, isn't it? Money is what you need to be happy. Excuse me. How about this one? Y'all like movies? I do. <laughs> Yay for movies. How about this one? Books. Yeah, the art. Yay, that's right. Books. We like books. How about our careers? Police officer. That's worth celebrating. Amen. How about this one? Nature. I love to go out and hike and be out in, the na in nature. How about this one? Travel. Go and see new places, huh? There are a lot of things in our, in the, that the world says will make us happy, that will allow us to celebrate life, isn't it? And none of these things are bad in themselves. None of them are. Unless they're accompanied with things like greed and power and lust and control and selfishness and gluttony. The thief comes to steal and to destroy. That's the work of the enemy. So none of these are bad unless, and please hear this, unless we, def unless we let them define who we are and how much we're worth. None of them are bad unless they become the only thing that defines life for us. So in fact, some of them are even, even show us the blessings of God. Isn't that true? There are some of these things on this list, family and friends, you know, even in travel, the blessings of the Lord and that he's with us everywhere. 
And some of them help us to understand his presence and his healing power and his help. Some of them help, help to, us develop a sense of joy and an understanding of what's priority. And some of them are just plain good for us. So none of these are all bad unless, again, this is what totally defines life for you. Then you can only celebrate for so long. So do they give life and do they result in his blessing? Are they eternal or are they the result of who he is in our lives? Are they what secures for us abundant life? If you had all of these things, would that secure abundant life for you? Uh, Matthew 6, 19 and 20, Jesus said this, don't store up your treasures on this earth because the moth will eat and it will, they can rust, but store up your treasures in heaven where, none, where no thieves can break in and steal, no rust can get to it, no moth can get to it. In other words, we have to have the right perception of what life really is. Are you tracking with me so far? Okay, because now we're going to talk about God's view of a good life. Um, I want to talk about two things, creation to the cross and creation and the cross. So first of all, in cre from creation to the cross, the Lord had a plan. He had a plan. He created everything and he declared it was good. And he has always, always been intent on, for, and his intent has always been, excuse me, his intent has always been for us to experience what is good and that good life. That's what the Garden of Eden was all about, right? You know, there was nothing more beautiful or, or um, more satisfying, providing more good life than the Garden of Eden. But Adam and Eve blew it. Man messed it up, and sin entered the world. And with sin entered the plans of the enemy, the plans of Satan. And his goal, folks, is always to distort and to destroy what God has created. That's his plans. <clears throat> so he takes all of these things and he distorts them. That's where greed and control and selfishness and lust, all those things come into play because the enemy through sin that entered the world distorts and destroys. What we think will help us celebrate life sometimes can be our undoing. But God sent his son. He had a plan. He sent his son to redeem what was destroyed. The cross and what happened, what Jesus did on the cross, is his fulfillment eternal, his, his fulfillment of eternal, um, of his eternal plans, secure life for those that he loves. So creation and the cross go hand in hand. If you have your Bibles with you, let's open to the book of John. Okay, and I want to tell you a little bit about the book of John. John portrays Jesus in the Gospel of John. He portrays Jesus as the only begotten Son of God, the one who came as a man. That's what the, this, this book is all about. He came as the Redeemer and the one who brings life. The other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called the Synoptic Gospels, and they're called that because they're very similar to one another. 
if you, if you read those Gospels, you'll find a lot of the same stories and a lot of the same parables will be in those three books. But the Gospel of John is a little bit different. John's intent was to report Jesus' time on earth as the only true God. That's what he centers on, who could bring salvation. He gives far less stories, doesn't tell any parables in the Gospel of John. He gives... Um, in other words, he, get, he wants to show through the miracles that he reports, he wants to show who Jesus is and who Jesus says he is. In fact, in the Gospel of John, there are, Jesus says, seven thing I am's, and I'm not going to tell you all that they are. We'll, we'll read a few of them in just a few minutes. But you go and find them. Seven I am's. You know, I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. I am and we'll talk about a few of those. So he records no parables. The other gospels tell stories and parables that kind of happen around the area of Galilee, but John's gospel <clears throat> is centers around Jerusalem. John portrays Jesus as an unquenchable light shining in the darkness, one who offers the gift of life. Can I hear a hallelujah? Hallelujah, hallelujah. okay. <laughs> He doesn't begin with Jesus' earthly birth. He begins in the beginning at creation. So let's look at the first chapter, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word is who? Jesus, his Son. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Okay, so in creation, God spoke. He calls Jesus the Word. He spoke the world into to being, didn't he? And he spoke, and man was created. So Jesus was right there, part of creation. He was like the executor of what God spoke of creation. So in creation, God spoke the world into existence. In the gospel, God spoke his final word, that word of salvation and redemption through the living word, his son. He brought eternal life. That was his plan. So you see how they're connected? In the beginning, Jesus was there during creation. At the cross, Jesus became the redemption for the world. Okay, um, John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go down uh, over to chapter 6, and John 6.48 is one of the I am's. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He is the one who sustains us. He is the one who gives us what we need. You will see, in, especially in the Gospel of John, Jesus over and over will say, I brought life. I am life. I am the bread of life. John 10.10, 10, that key scripture that we've talked about already, he is the one who brings abundant life. He is the bread of life. He sustains us. He provides what we need. He gives us life. Um, and then he brought us abundant life. That Greek word for abundant there is parisos, 
And I, anybody Greek in here? Oh good, because I probably said that wrong. <laughs> and this is what it means. It means superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus and above, more than enough. That's the kind of life that Jesus brought for you, for each and every one of us, abundant life. And guess what? In his, and the life that he gives us, the enemy cannot steal it. The enemy cannot be that thief that takes away our abundant life. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? Amen. Okay, John 14, 6 is the next one. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This scripture is um, one of my favorite scriptures, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> Before I knew the Lord um, in my childhood years, uh, my family uh, didn't really attend church a lot. We kind of got dropped off at church occasionally. And I heard one thing in this little church that we went to. And then my grandparents got involved in this kind of cult that said that they were the only way. And there was a lot of different things that were being said about God. So I decided nobody knew the truth. I decided and kind of shocked my mom when I was a junior high schooler <laughs> that I didn't believe in God because nobody knew who God was. Nobody knew the truth. You said this, you said this, you said this. So when I was 16 years old, and I was at a church in Portland, Oregon, and walked down to the altar to receive Jesus, my life was transformed because I met the truth. I met the one who was the way the truth and the life. And I can't tell you how much this scripture means to me because it's so important to me. You know, lots of people say different things and we all have different beliefs and some of us have different doctrine than other people. But who is the one steadfast way to the Father? Jesus. Who is the one who is the truth, the one true God? Jesus. Who is the one, the only one, that can give us life? Jesus, that's right. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We don't get to heaven by our good works. We don't get to heaven by how important the world says that we are or through our accomplishments. He gave his life because we are so valuable to him, and he is the only one that can restore relationship between us and the Father. Relationship with him is the only way to salvation. The only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> he came to restore life with goodness and provision, and we will be realizing that through eternity. He came to give abundant, excessive, all that matters, all that is enough, all that is more than enough, that kind of life for each and every one of us. Does that mean that we will get to have all this stuff? Maybe not. Does that mean that we will have a life that we can celebrate through eternity? Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot experience the abundance of eternal life except through knowing Jesus as your Savior. That is the one true thing that you will read throughout scripture to know jesus 
is to know the Father. To know Jesus is to have eternal life. And if you can't celebrate eternal life, life here is not worth celebrating. I just want you to know that. So it starts first and foremost with eternal life. Paul said, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1.21, he said this, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What makes life worth celebrating? Is it having all the money or all the things that you want in life? Is it being the most beautiful? Is it being the most wealthy? Is that what gives us abundant life? Nope. (laughs) It's a life with Jesus. It's his abundant life. I came to give them life and to give them life abundantly. So how do we celebrate life? Just what we've been talking about. Knowing Jesus. Believe me, they celebrate in heaven all the time. Luke 15 says this, in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When one person comes to know him, all of heaven rejoices. And John said this, and, God, and this is what God has testified in 1 John 5, 11, and 12. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. So we celebrate life first and foremost by knowing Jesus. That's how we celebrate life. He, and then we get to celebrate life by living his will for our lives. You know, we like to quote a lot of times Jeremiah 29, 11. And what is that? I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. He does have a plan for each and every one of you. Your life has meaning and it has purpose. Celebrate who you are because he does. He has planned a good life for you. He has given you purpose and meaning in him. I um, read this uh, story the other day that I thought was, it just kind of touched my heart because I thought, oh, it was one of those aha moments. And it's about a speaker who was speaking to a group of college students, and he held up a $20 bill. And some of you might have heard this story. But he said, how many of you would like this $20 bill? And all the hands started going up. And he said, I'm going to give this $20 bill to one of you, but first let me do this. And he proceeded to crumple up the bill. Then he asked, who still wants it? The hands still went up. And he said, well, what if I do this? And he dropped it to the ground and he ground it in with his foot. And he picked it up and he said, anybody still want it? And hands still went up. And he said, my friends... You have all learned a very good lesson today. No matter what I did to this money, you still wanted it because it did not decrease in value. It was worth, still worth $20. And many times in our lives, we are dropped and we are crumpled and we are ground into the dirt in the, by the decisions that we make and the circumstances that come our way. We feel as though we are worthless. But no matter what has happened in our lives or what will happen, You will never lose your value, ever. You are valuable to God. Don't ever forget that. So know that you can celebrate life by doing his will 
in your life. You are valuable. He has a purpose and a meaning for each and every one of us. Some, you know, we, get, we all have different gifts. Some of us get to stand up here. Anybody want to come up? <laughs> and some of us get to be policemen. Some of us get to do different things, but he has a specific will in your life because you get to touch others with his life as well, and that is worth celebrating. And then, lastly, prioritize the eternal. Prioritize the eternal. Sometimes we get so um, focused on what's happening right now, and we forget that bigger picture. And sometimes it's just hard to see the bigger picture because we're going through so much. You know, through all that's happening right now with the volcano and so many people losing their homes, and we all know people who are living, you know, in dire circumstances right now and have lost everything. And it is so hard to celebrate life when you've lost everything, isn't it? But God has a plan and a purpose, and even though we go through that valley, just like we talked about last week, that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God doesn't, we don't go around those, those dark places. We go through them with the Lord Jesus because he came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. He will take us through those things. Amen? Amen. Well, we get to prioritize the eternal. We get to lay up our, not lay up our treasures here, but in heaven. And we get to realize that there is going to be so much celebration in heaven. There's going to be a celebration that we cannot even imagine. Revelations 19, listen to this, 19, 7 through 9, says this. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife, us, the bride of Christ, has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. We have a celebration to look forward to in heaven, that marriage supper of the Lamb, when we get to be with him through all eternity. Amen? That's worth celebrating. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We love you, Lord, and we know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord Jesus, you came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. You came, Lord Jesus, so that we could have, restore, have a restored relationship with the Father and to live with you eternally. Lord, we celebrate your life. We celebrate Lord Jesus, that you are the bread of life, that you came to, to provide all that we need. Thank you, Lord. I just um, would love to invite any of you um, who have not yet received Jesus as your Savior. Some of you out there may be wondering, well, I don't know what that abundant life is all about, and I don't know what Jesus has for me. But he does. He has the life that we get to celebrate. 
So I just, want, I just wonder if there are any of you tonight who would love to say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know that life that you have brought for me. I want to know your eternal purposes for me. Is there anybody here that would love to say that to the Lord this, morning, this evening? I see your hand. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray this prayer. Lord, we believe that you are the Son of God. We believe that you came to give us life. Lord, we know that we need you, that we are fallen, that we are sinners, that we have rejected the Savior. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, just restore us, Lord. Give us life. Fill us, Lord Jesus, with your life. Thank you, Lord, that you said when we come before you, we repent and ask for forgiveness, and we declare our belief in you. Not only does all of heaven rejoice, but our names are put in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Savior. Lord, I ask that throughout this week, you would remind each of us of ways that we get to celebrate, not because we get <clears throat> uh, something new, not because we get to go out to a restaurant, not because we get to go see a movie that we like. Those things make us happy. But Lord, remind us this week, what is worth celebrating? That you have come to give us that abundant life. That you have come to bless each and every one of us. That you have come to, to give joy to all that you have provided for us. Thank you, precious Savior. In your name we pray. Amen.